conversations and isolations. We had such fun with these two. I mean, yes, we were a touch nervous to go live, but we had an absolute blast and we learned so much. So we wanted to make sure that this valuable content got to all of you, just in case you were busy at the time we went live, or you were taking a class, or you were giving yourself that well-deserved self-care. So we put it in podcast version, yes! You will be able to hear all of the valuable answers that Amy and Steph gave just in your earbuds rather than on the YouTube. So let's get right to it. Here is our Q&A with Stephanie Graham and Amy Wright. Let's start with Amy. Amy, can you tell us who you are, a little bit of what you do? So my name is Amy Wright. I'm a choreographer and a casting director, and I sometimes get to be a TV producer, and I work sometimes in theater. I've been a performer since I was a little kid, always dreamed of being a dancer, and um, now I'm doing it for a living. So I thought we could all have this conversation. I wanted to bring in dancers from around the world to just chat about what it's like to start from, you know, theater school, dance training, auditions, and and taking us all the way to the professional world. So, hi! Um, Steph, tell us about you! Um, I started as a dancer, uh, mostly focusing on ballet, and then shifted in college to musical theater. And then I was performer for 13 years and then transitioned again to direction and choreography and mostly working in the theater. And uh, yeah, that's me. And you're my best friend. We've known each other for a very long time. Tell us. (laughs) Oh, when we met? Yes, we want to know all about it. I'll go first, Steph. So (laughs) uh, Stephanie went to a theater school called Sheridan College in Oakville and I, Oakville, Ontario, Canada. And I went to a theater school. It's now called the Randolph Academy of the Performing Arts in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And so we were both in the same year, graduating at the same time. And uh, Stephanie, I think, am I right? You went right into West Side Story in the summer theater. Yes, right after I graduated, uh, did, had a contract doing West Side Story at Huron Country Playhouse. Of course and you did. It was fun. And then some of the Randolph people went there, and I went off to do Anna Green Gables at Kawartha uh, Summer Theater. A- anyway, we all started intermingling, right, in the summer theater, summer stock. And then that's when I first met Stephanie, I was seeing her perform in West Side Story, because all of us Anna Green Gables people had a day off. And then Steph and I both auditioned for a production of A Chorus Line, we were live in a chorus line life and I got to play Christine, the girl who can't sing and Steph played BB. And then we were best friends ever since then. Yeah. It's a long time ago, but it's interesting. You know, those people that you first meet at the beginning of your career sometimes are the people that continue through your whole career and those relationships that you develop early on stay with you. Oh, I love that. It's wonderful. We have our first question from Rebecca Lima. Hey, girl. Hey, Rebecca. (laughs) It says, what is your advice to dancers who've been injured and are now afraid to dance fully? Mm. Whoa, good question. And then somebody, Angela, underneath said, same question, same question. So let's start with Amy and then we'll go to Steph. Um, I think it's important always to do your best to keep moving. And so if I've, I've only ever broken my toe um, and, and sprained some ankles, but trying to stay mobile, uh, even if you can't be on, on your leg or, or whatever your injury is, I've, I've seen dancers blow out their knees at auditions, pulling hamstrings and stuff. And it's trying to make sure you're still moving your body in other ways, going to physio. And then I, I think trusting that the process and hopefully you can have the help from doctors and, and like I said, physiotherapists and things like that, that they will get you back on your feet and just don't rush it mm-hmm. and accept it. Um, last year I was shooting a show called dare me. And one of the cheerleaders wickedly sprained her ankle 
Um, and she's a, a dancer. She's like, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to keep dancing. I'm going to keep doing this. And it was like, no, you need to heal. Um, you need to take care of yourself. And uh, it was hard for her. It's hard for dancers to, to be honest and say, I'm too injured because we've been told to dance through the pain. Yeah. You know, the show must go on, keep dancing. Um, but sometimes in order for longevity, you have to stop what you're doing and step back. And I saw just the other day on her Instagram that she's finally put her point shoes back on and she's just slowly going up and down, just strengthening her ankles using Rise and Releve and, and things like that. So um, I think you can get back to it. Just take your time and don't rush because there's always the future. That's what I think about injuries. I don't know. That's yeah, and I would echo that. Just making sure that you are listening to your health professionals and working with physios or massage therapists or whatever you need. I, I certainly had hamstring pulls chronically over my dance career. And there was definitely times I went back before I was ready, which re-injured and made it worse later on. So trying to fully heal and whatever process that you're going through, acupuncture, massage therapy, physio. I was just going to say, could we even talk like injuries? It was mentally, it wasn't physically Uh, that I was like, I knew my body would figure it out eventually, but mentally struggled a little bit with Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So talk about that. Yeah. And I mean, again, knowing when you're ready and, and having that fear of what if I injure myself again, and again, just finding ways to work through those processes mentally, I think is just as important as the physical sports and like high level sports. People have sports therapists for such Mm -hmm. things. And like, we are the same type of athletic human that we also need to like talk it out and, and mentally prepare our brains and go through that whole thing as well. It's, I think we need sports therapists too. <laughs> it's true. We do. I think an interesting thing at this time as well, I like, I love what everybody said is, is just moving past the stigma that we as, as dancers hold onto, we, we can do it. We like five, six, seven, eight, let's go. But like having the uh, ability and, you know, support from your leaders or your directors or your choreographers to say, no, it's, it's really important to actually, you know, look after those injuries and make sure that you have a, a long career. And I think tiny silver lining at this moment in time is that we also have a moment to rest our bodies too, mm-hmm. which is something that's wonderful that we don't often get. But when you're not <laughs> able to move like you usually do, we can't mm. go to the dance studio or the yoga mm. classes and, and doing it at home is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. But even it's like you're saying that the mental aspects of not being able to dance when you dance when I, I'm sure dancers will agree, we would all say dance is life. You know, if we're not dancing, what is there? So that's maybe the mental part of it too. And, and people are probably struggling with that. I actually wondered, Steph, the difference between on-camera injuries versus in theater injuries. Mm-hmm. I feel like more often in theater, hopefully if you're really lucky, you have an understudy. Like how do understudies work, I guess? Uh, well, it depends on the company, size of the company. I think in Canada, only the larger companies uh, and or commercial productions have swings or understudies. Most regional theater, there's no understudies. Um, so you're, the dance captain is probably reblocking the show if someone's out or adjusting somebody's track. Um, if they can do a partial track, it'll really depend on the injury and how severe it is, I think. But you know, when those things happen in a company, most people pull together and everyone figures it out and everybody works together. So but again, being honest about those things, I think, you know, as as we've all said, we often push ourselves way beyond we think we should, you know, we talk all the time on the next step, because they want to, uh, let's say they do have an, uh, an injury, they want to keep dancing, they want to keep shooting. And we often have to bring them in and chat and say, listen, we want you to sustain through the entire shoot, not just today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the hardest lessons. Um, even in the, there's a season airing right now in England and just starting in Canada. And mid shoot day, one of our dancers wickedly sprained his ankle. Mm-hmm. He went down and he was, it happened to be a small cast day. So there were four or five cast members and a guest star. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had to make the call. I would rather be safe than sorry. Um, so we had to send him to the hospital. And like you say, everybody rallies together. The writers came up with a different plot line. We had a, you know, he, he, he was devastated not to be part of it, but it meant that he was back for all of the super important episodes that we had coming up, which was uh, 
fascinating. But at least with film, you can shoot around that stuff, right? You yeah, can you hide can things. Theater, yeah. you can't. Well, this instance, we had to completely change the plot. We couldn't shoot around <laughs> it because of the entire plot. But um, yes, if you're with, on camera when you're shooting dance routines, let's say the four of us are in a dance, but Steph uh, sprains her ankle, we can point the cameras at, at Jen and Kyla and, and then later uh, maybe insert Stephanie's, <laughs> you know, or sometimes you can get a... Um, like a dance double. Dance double. Somebody to replace you who's got the same beautiful brown hair and, and you just don't see the person's face. So. Oh my God, is it me? <laughs> it could be you, Kai. <laughs> oh my God, She's ready. Ready. <laughs> so we have another question from Anna. She wants to know um, from both of you, what is um, the most difficult or the most exciting part about choreographing? You go first, Steph. Choreographing for theater is, I love choreographing for theater. It, it, you know, sometimes actually, well, sometimes in the script, it'll say dance break. <laughs> You're like, hmm, what's happening? I mean, <laughs> obviously you read the script and you figure out what's, what's appropriate for the scene, but, you know, dance in a musical has to further the plot. So um, it's actually really fun sometimes when it's not specifically spelled out to actually sort of like come up with those narratives and what's going to help us get to the next scene in the narrative. So I think that for me is so fun. Obviously I love working with dancers and I love dancers that are actors first as well, or bring that part to the table. But I think that's, that's the most fun for me is trying to figure like storyboard those dances out and like what's going to happen in the, in the, the number. Do you draw things out? storyboard things for you guys or do you like write things out or yeah I just like I like the idea of storyboarding and like putting the pictures up and being like oh okay this is how it's gonna look do you actually yeah, so, I mean sometimes I'll actually like a comic book strip but sometimes I'll just like point form what's gonna happen and then musically what's gonna happen and all that kind of stuff yeah for me being a choreographer is is just really rewarding. Uh, it's it's like Stephanie says, um, I started in theater as well. So everything is story driven. And I love being able to bring character to life. One thing I'm not good at all is dancing without a purpose. Um, <laughs> it's like, how do you choose what the moves are if there's no uh, story, if there's nothing to fight for, if there's so every single thing I do has an underlying story, whether or not the people at home can tell. Um, I always plan that with the dancers and I love it. I love I've always made up dances, I guess, since I was six years old. I didn't realize that was a thing. And I, I also like being a choreographer because I feel like it was really hard as a dancer going to dance auditions and being in the room with a hundred people and the the competition there. And I would always sort of look around and be like, well, that person's going to get it. That person's going to get it. And I, I started sort of casting myself out of rules because I started seeing all these amazing people I thought would get the work. So I also like being a choreographer because there's less of us in the room to compete with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I just, I love, I get to meet lots of people. So that's, that's super mm. cool too. Well, we have so many comments on um, on YouTube. It's so fun. So just in terms of um, choreography, uh, specifically for dancers, when you guys are casting, for both of you, how important, this is from Angela. Again, hi, Angela. She just wants to know how important are tricks in a professional dance career when auditioning for a television show or a theater show? Amy, go ahead. Uh, the next step series loves tricks I've seen tricks start to come in at the Stratford Festival you know they always have a couple flips in the audience just love uh love seeing that um but that being said a, a huge line of of in in unison kicks that's also a trick and it's beautiful and there's certain things that the audience just always ooh, you know but I think it's not just tricks that you need to maybe put in your vocabulary it's it's a variety of dance skills so I can do jazz dancing that will open these doors for these particular jobs I can tap dance this opens these doors I can do an aerial well that opened that door I have my ballet I I can do point I can rollerblade. So the more things you do as a dancer, the more opportunities you have. So it isn't just tricks that you need to be learning. You just need to sort of try all sorts of styles of dance. If you happen to know it, it, maybe some, some ballroom and then that sort of thing helps. And that also would lead me to as a dancer, it's not just tricks, it's get the acting and the singing. And then you're well-versed for whatever the job is because each job requires different, a different skill set. Yeah, I completely agree. I think 
you know, especially for musicals, tricks without anything behind it don't mean anything. To have just tricks doesn't bring anything to the story. So obviously audiences, I think because of So You Think You Can Dance and the cultural shift that we have seen in dance on in media has changed what's required skill level over the last 10, 15 years. I think people with social media and whatnot, we're, we're seeing access to dance much more and all these crazy tricks so that starts to become the norm of what people want to see um again if you can do them it's great add them to your resume but it's certainly not number one i think um you have to be good storytellers there's a little follow-up question as well which i thought was interesting particularly for theater um this is from amelia she said when you're choreographing how much do you think about the potential for injury do you want I to- always, when I'm doing choreography with my dancers or with my ensemble, we usually have a conversation of like, okay, can you do that eight shows a week? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, what's the point of being able to do it only once? And again, that's different if you're doing it for film. If you only have to do it once and you can only need one take, that's so different than eight, maintaining eight shows a week. Mm-hmm. And um, I've certainly seen younger dancers offer up even more stuff to me sometimes. And then I always ask the question, can you maintain that eight shows a week? It's safety first. Everybody would agree safety first. So, and I, I, I love at auditions. It's like, so if, if we need to see some tumbling or whatever, and it's like, okay, show this off. And I'm always like, if you've just learned your handspring yesterday, don't do it. Like there's <laughs> no one cares that much. Um, it's fun. But again, having beautiful pirouettes is just as exciting um, and or being able to be a storyteller and offering a lot more being a, being a good person that you want to work with is way more exciting than somebody who can just flip around. Yeah, I love it. So just while we we're waiting for an interim of um, questions, ladies, can you tell us um, Steph, what was your first uh, impression of Amy in nope. the audition room? <laughs> you know this, I think. I think Jen knows the truth about me in auditions. <laughs> so again, as Amy explained, we had met um, earlier that year. And then as we started to, I mean, Amy transitioned to choreography pretty quickly within those first three or four years of performing. Um, but there were times we were in the audition room together. And Amy, as we all know, has a large personality. And um, I come from a very strict ballet background and very serious. So my etiquette in auditions is the polar opposite of Amy's. So I have good etiquette, but I would whisper a lot to you. <laughs> so she would come and stand by me and whisper things, which would make me bonkers because I'd be like, oh my gosh, they can hear you whispering and they're looking at me and I'm going to not get chosen because they're seeing that you're whispering to me. Oh my gosh. But she had so many opinions, which was great because again, that's what makes her, her trajectory into casting and trajectory into choreographing. It was so clear early on that she was so interested in that. So she has opinions. <laughs> she and needed to share them in that moment, which is not the appropriate moment. <laughs> and this is funny when I'm teaching, I often tell people I'm like the anti I'm opposite. I know all the bad things because I've done them. So, um, but but, uh, you know, and, and that's, it's something interesting about audition rooms is, is the etiquette also can be different for every choreographer. Yes. I prefer, and even in casting, I prefer a, well, I want to hug people when they come in or it doesn't have to be a physical hug, but I like to create this environment of like love and let's all rise to our best challenges. And I've been in the audition room where some people are like, nope, come in, let the people do their work, let them go hugs later. And I'm like, ah, oh, I just, you know, and, and. One of the challenges I think as a performer, especially when, um, you know, we used to go to auditions is reading what that choreographer wants and how they are. Even, um, I don't know, Steph, how do you feel about when people are finished the combo, people clapping? I love that. I love the support. And I, again, not that I'm like, a, again, I think things were different uh, 20 years ago when we were auditioning, but um, only five years ago when we were auditioning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so five years but, ago. Um, you got to read the room. It's a big skill to learn if, you know, as a performer, what kind of environment am I walking into? And that's challenging because you're, you know, going in there worried about your own audition, but you really have to be in tune what the vibe of the room is. Um, I, I, I think we should talk about audition and audition rooms. So I just had like 7,000 stories go through my mind just then. So it's reading the room, you know, and, and it's learning that every show is different. 
even Steph, when you're probably auditioning for uh, Billy Elliot, as opposed to Mamma Mia, you're looking for different things. And it's the same performers coming in. And for me, every TV show, people are like, what is it I need to do? Well, it's different for every show. I think, it, you know, you can only control what you do as yeah. a performer, right? So if you are as prepared as you can be, you come in there and you, you know, you just try your best um, and know what you need, right? Especially in a dance audition where there's so many people. Um, if you, like, I always was one to stand at the back so I could dance it out because I didn't want the first time I danced it out to be when I was in a small group and everyone always crowds to the front. And I wasn't afraid of asking questions, but I also really listened. So if the choreographer had already answered that question, I wasn't going to ask a repeated question because nothing drives a choreographer cr more crazy than answering the question twice. I always say uh, one of my, and my thing about being a dance captain too, is like, you're just being the nosiest person in the room. You're constantly like an ear is out and eye is out. And you're just like, paying attention to everybody's conversation. So you get it all soaked in as much as you can. Just be nosy little poop. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes the dance captain will, will ask a question they know the answer to just so that, <laughs> that you can like prove to other people. <laughs> it's like, hmm, is it the right arm? Yes, it is. You're like, mm -hmm, knew that. Just wanted everyone else to pay attention. <laughs> no. You do need to listen and you do need to observe what everybody's talking about. Um, I was thinking as well about auditions. I used to bring all of my shoes. I yes. would just have them in a bag and I would also wear a certain outfit that I thought was right. And if I walked in the audition room and I felt it was wrong, I would go change. I think one of the interesting things too, is to read what the panel, um, if you happen to know someone on the panel, you could like maybe wave from a distance. Um, sometimes just ignore them. And again, that's your own personal preference. How do you prepare for the audition? What do you need? Um, obviously if the panel are talking and busy, uh, just don't bother them. Even if it's your best friend over there. Um, I love sometimes after auditions, people come up and they want to shake hands and hug. And it's like, just, just, you know, we're actually right now working when you guys leave the room is our time to have conversation about you. Um, and, and yes, I'm the person saying, I love my audition room to feel like hugs, but sometimes it's like, just get out, let us do our work. Um, Again, that comes then, back to read the room, right? Read the yeah. Room. And then once you give like one person a handshake and all of a sudden there's a lineup of people, it's like, okay, just, just go like, you're like, like I'm trying to give you a job. I'm trying to cost you. Get out of here. You, just get out. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and I think um, uh, for me, I don't know, Stephanie, when you do your auditions, uh, do you do it alphabetically? Like uh, my computer always sorts things. Um, and, and I feel like I remember going to auditions and I was always in the first group because my name was started with A. <laughs> and if it was alphabetical by last name, I was still in the first group because W. So I always had to learn um, the combo really fast and perform it like immediately. And my brain sometimes awesome. wouldn't keep up. So if you make a brain fart when you're in the audition, just keep going. It's fine. You stop, you look around. I always used to hate it as well. You know, they put like three in the front and two in the back. I was always in the front. So I couldn't look at somebody else. So that was another challenge for me is you, as a dancer, go to as many classes as you can to start training your brain to pick up routines really quickly and then move on. The more you can drop into a class and be taught a combo, that'll just really help your brain. Um, I don't know, like you teach combos pretty quick at auditions. It's 30 to 45 minutes for a minute to a minute and a half of choreo. Like it is fast. And this is something too, Steph, I just thought about this. Um, we have a, a mentor in common and his name is Marty Bell. And he worked, we met him up here when live entertainment was a company in producing musicals. And one of the things that Marty taught me is to go into the audition room and know who's on the panel. Find out who those people are. Um, do your research. Do your do research, research ahead of time. Yeah. Look up, even if I'm uh, interviewing myself for a project, I'll look up the director. You look up the show. If I can, if I knew Stephanie was directing and choreographing, I look up her work. And then uh, sometimes it's good to keep an audition journal when you leave and write down. So Stephanie was in the room. Kyla was in the room. Jen was in the room. Jen was smiling at me. Kyla was too busy. I don't know. <laughs> writing notes and, um, and, and write down what you wore, uh, what you did, how you felt. so that the And also time, like what song you sang, what monologue you did. So if yeah. you auditioned for them in the future, you, you maybe use something else. So it's been three years and you still have the same monologue. Time for a new one. I'm one. I still have the same one from 1995. So what um, is it? It was actually, it's really good for young women. Um, it's called Darlene Dances. 
And it's about a girl who's trying to break the record for nonstop rock and roll freestyle dancing to no music. <laughs> um, and it's actually, it's really sweet. It, you both, both Jen and Kyla, you guys should take a look at it, but it is a, a you have to dance the entire time. Um, <laughs> she can't stop dancing because then she won't break the Guinness Book of World Records. So hilarious. Uh, Kyla yeah, and I, I, I still remember it, but. Um, that's one other reason why I stopped. I was like, I can't. Memorizing monologues is so hard. Oh my gosh. Again, I'm the anti. I'm like, you dancers, get your book, learn all the songs, learn as much as you can, be prepared, or be like me and be like, this is hard and find something else to do. <laughs> you guys, we have so many awesome questions coming in on, on the YouTube. Um, Kyla, everybody loves your poop comment. Perfect. <laughs> it's getting a lot of love. Nosy little poop. Yeah, you nosy little poop. That's Kyla Musselman, everyone. Okay, so we have a great one from Holly McCourt. Hi, Holly. She Hi, says, Holly. for um, film and TV, what do you look for in a self-tape if you're hiring a dancer? And then for details, she said, is it more about being a, with a particular agent as a dancer for film and television? I Amy. It's yeah. not about being with a particular agent. Um, I think if casting people limited themselves to only one agency, you would only like you would run out of interesting people to meet eventually and you you just recycle the same people. Um, as a casting director, in my opinion, you always have to search for the best fit for the job. It doesn't matter where you find that person. Um, and it's your job to sort of scour the corners of the earth until you find the exact right person for that role. And the same step, I think, for directing for theater, you're going to you're going to want your lead just to be the person you saw yesterday. You really want to find the truly the best fit. I think self-tapes, if, if I can provide the choreography, I would want that dancer to do what I've provided. And, you know, like do the same as any audition. I'm going to teach a combo and you're going to perform it. But if what you're gathering is like uh, your previous work, it's nice if you can to start off with yourself doing some sort of solo or uh, little clips of you maybe doing ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, whatever. One of the hardest things is watching a group dance or a group dance from recital and then figuring out like which, who are you? I can't see. So that's a challenge. Um, and, and just showing your, your range and maybe keeping it to a minute, minute and a half of all your best footage. Uh, I would say less photos and more action even if you can get your friends on your iPhone to, or a, an, any phone just to record you doing your best stuff. I think take what you've got and put it together. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, Steph, kind of same question. Do we have time more about like musical theater, especially because yeah. right now, like we will be putting in self tapes and stuff. What do you want to see out of like a little choreographed dance clip in a musical theater audition? Luckily. I haven't had that yet I, that's going to be so hard when that comes down the pipe because I'm sure it will but um I, I wouldn't want to send out a combo because again you're asking people to do something like in their basement on carpet or you're not going to get the best product back so probably a dance demo I think of any footage that you have but I think that's something that I mean going forward dancers should sort of have in their back pocket take some time in the studio and and have you showing off each little thing and just save them on your computer because you never know when they're going to ask for that stuff. So I think just having little clips ready to go. I mean, luckily I feel like I know a lot of the dancers in this country right now. So that's easier for me to be able to judge that. And I'll just ask them to like, I'll see them sing and read on a tape. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a good question, Kyla, because it's going to be very different going ahead. Yeah. I mean, like, would you say classic, putting something together you want to show some technique show some style and show some storytelling probably yeah, all, all those three things would be amazing mm -hmm. wrap those in a little little package um <laughs> for both of you uh this is a question from reese who we love hi reese hi guys everyone's excited hi reese how do you guys both feel about being contacted personally by dancers expressing interest in a project versus having their agents submit them um, I don't mind. Um, I'd love to know people's interests. Like you can reach out, but I think if someone messages me on social media or something, I always say, here's my email or have your agent email the theater or the company manager who's ever auditioning 
like, great to know your interest. Here's the email, get your agent to send your stuff or whatever. So, I mean, I'm not going to respond more than a, a business kind of thing or I prefer email obviously versus social media, but sometimes those are the only way you can contact people these days. So, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't mind it. Cause I actually don't, I like knowing that people are interested in a project. I think Steph, one thing that I'm noticing is if I want to contact you through your Instagram and I'm not a friend and it goes into your like other messages or whatever, the savvy performer is going to Google you and find your website, which has an email contact. Yes. So when that's often interesting, people hit me up and it's like, dudes, just my bio, like you can find people and you can find a more professional way to send uh, a package. For me, I'm, I'm, um, I'm open to it. Again, I can't necessarily respond to everybody. It's like, thanks, thanks for sending me this. And, and I might not be doing something. I'll hold on to it for future. Um, I'm often sent an email by people saying, can I email you my photo and resume? It's like, dude, just send just it the send first it. time. <laughs> like, Hi, I'm Amy. Here's my photo. Here's my resume. If you have video footage, thank you. I'm sharing this for future. And it's like, done. <laughs> Don't ask. Just do it. And, and the other thing that I use, this is years ago too, I would ask my agency, be like, can you give me this person's email? I would love to send them a direct message. And that's an option too. If you like searching, maybe they don't have a website or whatever it is, but you still wanted to do it in a professional manner. You can always ask your agency to, they'll have all the emails. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've (laughs) I've certainly gone the opposite way as well. It's like, I'm, I really am interested in a certain actor for something and I don't have their email. And uh, if I know what agency they're with, I will check obviously with the agency, but sometimes I'll just message people and go like, Hey, what agency are you with right now? Mm-hmm. You know, or, I mean, I could call equity as well, or I could, you know, but sometimes that's, it's just a faster way of like finding the information, you know, it, it just follow professional protocol and etiquette and, and um, people respect that depending on the job, I will outreach for the next step. I outreach uh, far wider than than just the talent with agents. If I'm if I'm casting a typical uh, let's say Tim Hortons commercial, starring Canadians, um, there are enough Canadians that have agents. I don't need to outsource that. Why I would do it on the next step is because we need dancers that uh, are younger that might not have agents yet, but that also come from that really elite dance world. And we definitely see all the people with agents. And then I like to go beyond because I can. Um, and again, it's that's another thing too. Casting people, it's the budget and the time. You know, even Steph for theater, you have two days, say, where you've rented an audition venue and you've got to get as many people as you can in during that time. True. While we're just um, waiting for a couple of questions to come in, what can you guys tell us? Yeah, just in those couple of of audition audition days, do you guys have any advice for for everyone? What you're looking for in in an audition? it's important for performers to remember is like, we're so, we're so desperate for you to be the person when you walk through that room or walk through that door. We want you to get the part. We want so badly to cast this show quickly, you know, and it varies from project to project. We're very lucky in Canada. We have such a deep pool of talent that I often say I could cast a show three times over. Um, But to know that when you walk in the room, we're, we're so rooting for you every time you walk in the room. So it's, knowing I think knowing that as a perform because I think sometimes we think oh they don't want to see me they don't you know and it's not true we're so excited to work with you and if we don't know you get to know you in those few minutes um but uh we're, we want you to want you to get the part 100% I didn't I don't think I realized that when I was going to auditions how much the casting people want you to be the right person for the job it means more audition days it means more time and money and that the theater has to spend or that the casting director has to spend to find those people we want to be able to do it quickly and efficiently and yeah i have a question jen from instagram yay insta question go baby it's a question from lady laura larson hello friend hello gorgeous hello um <laughs> she asked what is the most fulfilling part for you uh doing what you do I, th- I don't know. I think there's so many. I don't think I can pick one thing. Like from the moment I get a job 
I love being able to dive into research. I love being able to discover that show more deeply. I love first day of rehearsal. I, 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 as a performer, I loved opening nights. Um, as a director choreographer, I find it very nerve wracking. So I don't love those as much anymore, but I love the rehearsal process. I love getting to opening night. I love the time in the room. I think the part of the entire process is it's so thrilling. And I think what's, that's, that's been the hardest thing about this whole COVID um, thing with so many projects being canceled, some postponed, which is great. You'll get to see them through eventually, but the ones that have been canceled, I think that is has been the most difficult because you don't get to complete all the process and complete all of the process, which being in the rehearsal hall is like so thrilling. So, and discovering that story with people. So I think that's been, you know, I think again, the hardest part of this whole thing. All of it's fun. All of it's amazing. All of it. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing anything else. Like there's nothing I've tried to do other things and just <laughs> was never happy. So once I realized that this is what I need to do to fulfill myself and find true joy. Um, I mean, I, we could ask everybody, why do you dance? Why do you perform? And, and a lot of times you just have to. Um, so I think pursuing your passion in that way is, is amazing. So yeah, I just wouldn't do anything else. That's my true joy. I love it. You're a true joy. You're a true joy to all of us, girlfriend. You are too. Get so out of town. <laughs> um, we have a question from the beautiful Bethany Kaverik. She said, what is your greatest accomplishment in your opinions? And um, what are your next goals slash what are you working towards in, in the business? Would you like to start, Amy? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm always working towards just working. My bucket list is small uh, when it comes to choreography. I'm happy to have any sort of connection, any sort of job. I'll do uh, choreographing a kid's choir. I'll do a feature film. I'll do anything because it's all so fulfilling. It would be amazing to choreograph a Broadway show. It would be amazing to choreograph a feature film like a Moulin Rouge or something that everyone knows um, and references. Uh, it would be amazing to like invent the, a move like the floss that all of a sudden <laughs> everyone around the world is doing it because the I Amy. Never, what's the Amy? Uh, yeah, what does the know? Amy look like? I try, I try to think of something, but it doesn't never catches on. <laughs> yeah, so um, someday, you know, those are amazing. Um, I would love to do those things, but I'm also really happy just to have work. Steph, did you want to do that one too? Like, what are your greatest accomplishments oh gosh like I think that uh, yeah. that I think it's not really greatest accomplishments I think that I have things that I'm really proud of and that they're they range in like maybe a role that I did but also I produced a benefit or I've produced several benefits but I've produced one benefit in Stratford that raised like twenty thousand dollars for AIDS Action Perth and Equity Fights AIDS and it was a night of dance original choreography by all members of the company and that is one of my very proud moments that, that I was really proud of. And um, just because it made a difference in the world and it made a difference in the community. But I'm also really proud of theater jazz at Metro Movement. So shout out to Metro. Because yeah. um, it was something that we've never had a theater, a permanent theater jazz class in Toronto. And I started it in 2012. And it's, my goals were completely overshot. Like I wanted dancers to be able to meet these choreographers outside of the audition room where there was no job on the line. And same thing, choreographers who weren't necessarily working at the performing arts um, colleges to meet these dancers. So I think that's one of the things I'm super proud of. As far as working towards, again, just like, let's hopefully get all these theaters back open. And um, I mean, I have a bucket list of shows that I would love to do, but I mean, I've had this conversation with both Jen and Kai before. It's like, what's your favorite show that you've ever worked on? The one that I'm working on, right? Whatever in that <laughs> moment, right? Like it's, I don't have a favorite. So I think just... I think I want to create something possibly from from the ground up. That's sort of one of my goals as a director choreographer. But right now, just ha I'll be happy to be working again soon. <laughs> um, I think that we should definitely note that both of you uh, women are 
absolutely pioneers in Canada and across the world. And I think it's just really important to shout you both out yes. <laughs> on all your accomplishments and say, you guys are amazing. And um, just even having this accessibility to you and having accessibility to people, um, you know, to be able to go to theater jazz and Amy to, this was Amy's idea, it, like to set this kind of stuff up. It just, uh, it really means a lot to a lot of people. It's awesome. Kai, I do you want one more question. Oh my gosh, it's from George Epsi. Hi, George Epsi. Hey, George. Um, he said, he was. we've all had those projects that maybe they didn't go as planned and maybe they weren't our absolute favorite. What was the biggest thing that you took away from said projects? Hmm. Good question, George. I have like a two-part answer to that. Uh, as a choreographer, especially on a show like The Next Step, there is no way that every piece can be a hit. <laughs> Um, and, and as much as I try and the other choreographers and people I know, you try to make everything the most exciting and the ultimate best you can. It's just at some point I'm going to have a piece that doesn't quite connect that might not connect with the story or it just didn't soar in that particular moment, but it's also in the eye of the beholder. So, uh, I might not love this piece as much but Steph might think it was one of my best and it's like okay so we all we all look at art differently and and when you're in projects I don't know for me I was in a musical a long time ago and it was a challenge uh I didn't love what 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 I was being given as a performer but that's not my choice um I often would think someday when I'm choreographing I would do it differently. So I take it as a learning experience uh, when I'm in charge or when I'm on this different project. Um, and when you've been hired to do a job, it's not your choice. Uh, the, what the director and choreographer and producers and everybody wants, that's for the bigger picture. And you might have to do something that's not your favorite move or that you think you could do better. Um, but you're not in charge and it's not your money putting up the show. Um, so I think, yeah, staying in your lane, staying in your, stay in your lane and, and do what you're, do what you're supposed to do for the overall good of the show. And then dream about your own big dreams when you have your own show or you're directing your own project or you're in charge. So that's, that's, that's hard for me. It was hard because I, had the, I was young and I was like, I could make up better dance moves than this, but it was like, no, that's what I was given. And I had to really make the best of it and keep it fresh and know that I wasn't in charge. And that choreographer was chosen for her particular gifts and what she was bringing for the good of the show. And you have to do that as your job. And if you don't like it, don't do the job. Don't audition. Give it to somebody else who really wants to be there. So that's, I think that's one of the challenges. You're not in charge. I, Steph and I worked on a commercial uh, for Dr. Pepper. And there was one actress who, after her hair, just pulled it out and like went and did her own makeup. And it was like, oh, you can't what? Like your hair and makeup was approved by Dr. Pepper and the clients and everything. She's like, I'm not going to do that because I think I look ugly. And it's like, well, you look like how you're supposed to look for this commercial. Do you remember that, Stephanie? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I remember the commercial. I don't remember that. We'll talk about it after. (laughs) What happened? So that's, you know. I don't know, George, that's one of the things that you have to do what the job requires and trust that the people in charge are doing what they're required to make the show successful. And again, if the show doesn't end up being successful, nobody's perfect sometimes. Like we're, you're definitely, you don't set out to make a piece of poop. Never. You set out (laughs) to do your best work. So trust (laughs) the process and give all you can to it. And sometimes you'll hit it because you have a, great family and you the show feels like an ensemble or sometimes um just this the dancing made you feel great or the audience loved it even if you didn't love it um that's why we're we're artists it's constantly changing that's awesome so stay in your lane find the joy and trust the process and Mm -hmm. nobody wants to produce a poop (laughs) one sets out to do that (laughs) awesome Kai do you want to take advice baby what's some general like your go-to mantra advice for people dreams don't work unless you do writing that down (laughs) I saw I saw it I was having a particularly uh, I think a bad week in maybe in like February and I was in indigo books it was like on a like on the planner 
on a journal thing, a planner or whatever. And I thought, oh yeah, that's like a mantra for my life. But also I think, you know, it's so easy sometimes to say, oh, I didn't get that job, but I didn't really put all the work in because I didn't really want to be disappointed if I didn't get it. So I didn't actually fully commit. So, and I know as a performer, I did that a lot. I'd be like, oh, I didn't get it because, well, I, so I made up excuses for myself. Um, so I think, you, yeah, you have to work, put in the work because it will pay. Have fun though, find joy, obviously, but you got to put in the work. It's yes. our job. It's a fun job, but it's still our job. <laughs> That's true. It is your job to go to the auditions. It is your job to bring your best. I love that dreams don't work unless you do. I think mine is sort of the same thing. My biggest piece of advice, it's perseverance and being kind and doing your best, present yourself in the best way. And I think it's a lot about making connections. I mean, when I was at theater school, I felt I was a strong dancer. I don't think I was the number one. I felt I could sing, but I didn't sing the number one singer in the school and I could act. So I could do, for me, it's, it's having the, um, I guess the diversity within what I'm offering is I, I have a bit of everything that I can offer out there, but I also maintain professionalism, kindness to others and being a good person and doing your work is, is a huge part of it as well. Do you guys have advice? This is just off the cuff, but what about for people like right now in this COVID time? Um, do you guys have anything, a, a little bit of advice for people at this moment in time? Go ahead, Aim. I think for me, it's hard to accept when I'm not doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's almost too many options for online dance classes and too many options for singing. And there's so much choice out there um, that if you need to just shut down and take a day and, and relax, it's okay. We're all doers and dancers and we want to be moving. I'm finding it challenging to, <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> I have to set alarms. Like I woke up yesterday going, is it today? And Steph messaged this morning saying, did you set up the Zoom? I'm like, what? That, <laughs> no, I I was so concerned about us getting on YouTube. I didn't actually schedule a Zoom call. <laughs> um, so it, I'm trying to be forgiving and I'm trying to allow myself to just be in the moment and where I'm at. Uh, if I If I could have everybody like get a green wristband, if you're you've been quarantining and we could all hang out at my house like I would I want everybody together all the time and and safe and sound and I, I I just echo that I think you know at the beginning of this I was sort of like okay I'm just gonna have a thousand to-do lists and I have so much time and all the time that I've said I don't have time I'm gonna do this 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 you know and it sort of started off I was super productive and then just again being for having forgiveness for yourself that if you need to just not do anything today then that's okay you know, because it is overwhelming how much is out there. Yeah, if you want to be creative, be creative. If you don't, you know, it, you'll still, you're still going to be a dancer at the end of this. I do think, though, if you are in a motivated mood and doing something, there is a whole list of things people could be doing. So Steph has been doing online teaching. You could listen to the Tits and Teeth podcasts, watch Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals. Uh, Stratford is starting um, yeah. uh, airing their, their plays. Um, you can be learning from casting people. You can take the time to learn a new monologue, stretch your body. Um, I'm supposed to be doing a new demo reel. Uh, we talked about self tapes for dancers. Go out in your front yard if you can. It, it, I mean, if you have a, a room with low ceilings and you want to jump, go outside. If you're motivated, now is the time. I mean, I did my demo in 2010 and it's 2020. So that's all my list of things to do. But there's always tomorrow. And that's the crazy thing with COVID right now. I'm like, well, I rushed to get everything done. And then now I'm like, what now? Uh, so pace yourself. But Steph, can you think of other suggestions people can be? I, I know I'm trying to eat healthy and do a daily workout. I'm accountable to another friend. We text each other daily a workout just to make sure that I'm moving each day and we're accountable, which is very helpful. Again, but just recognizing that theater has always survived. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a plague in the 1600s and theater returned. So I think, you know, trusting that people will need to connect, people will need to share community again. That as humans, we need that. So I think trusting that it may look different and it may take theaters, especially smaller theaters to recover from this. Um, But I think trusting that it it will survive. It will. 
one of those things people say is that through tough times, everyone likes to escape through entertainment, whether it's watching movies or Charlie Chaplin and all these, you know, films back when it was wartime, the, the getaway of the escape of watching a performance and whether it's on stage or on television, you love to kind of disappear like that. So hopefully this entertainment industry will thrive and, and we'll all come out of it strong. And yeah. so a couple of things just to, to wrap some of that up, just some of the stuff that we've spoken about today. Um, we spoke about injuries and um, as dancers, we mentioned just to move past our initial stigma of just being dancers and it's okay to move beyond that. So um, being kind to yourself, auditioning, read the room. And I think Amy, you said you can only control what you do, which is great. Two. Oh, that one was Stephanie. Okay, great. So. great. She's got all the good quotes from today. Yeah, speaking of Steph, dreams don't work unless you do, boo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, Amy, you had a great one. You said, in this time, a beautiful thing is accepting where you're at on the day. So it can be overwhelming. So just remember to be forgiving be and, and relax. It's okay to, to relax. You guys both said during the job, stay in your lane, find the joy trust the process and an overall theme of course was be kind and do your best Woo! which is hashtag you do you boo you do you <laughs> thanks Love you ladies. ladies this is fun this youtube live thanks, thanks everyone fun. i guess i have to end the meeting Yes, yes, yes to everything these women had to say. Thank you, thank you, Steph and Amy, for providing us with so many ways to stay connected and for both being so generous with your time, energy, and wisdom, and, of course, for bringing us all together as a theater and dance community. You women truly are a gift to us all. And thank you, ladies, for letting us moderate your first live Q&A event. Thank you, thank you, guys, of course, for listening in today. We're sending you so much love and light and support wherever you're at with your journey. If you missed the YouTube event, you can catch the whole thing on Amy Wright Choreography YouTube page. You can keep up with all things Amy Wright on her Instagram at Amy Wright Dance. And of course, you can keep up with the wonderful Stephanie Graham at S. Graham Corio on the gram. Please hit us up with any follow-up questions you have for these amazing women and we will absolutely make sure we get back to each and every one of you. That's it. That's all, folks. Thank you so much for being a wonderful and important part of this community. Thank you for connecting with us in this way today. Reach out to us anytime for anything you need. And in the meantime, keep those tits up, those teeth out. You got this. We got you. And we bloody love you. Thank you.